Welcome, everyone. Welcome to oh, Review It Yourself. Oh, that was really aggressive for once. Um, <laughs> wasn't, wasn't supposed to be that aggressive. Uh, <laughs> Review It Yourself, punk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, we're going to be looking at Fritz Lang's Metropolis, so 1927. So the cut that I saw was the, and if you've just jumped over from Learn German Through Music podcast with Paisley, who's also rejoined me over here, of which I was a guest. Uh, <laughs> right, just get on with it, man. I'm in, a very str- <laughs> I'm in a very strange mood. Right, so so uh, I saw the restored uh, cut from the Finding Buenos Aires. So this film, as you heard over there, it was made during the Weimar Republic. So this was, for anybody who doesn't know, because I love to drop you a bit of history, and you might have noticed anybody. Uh, oh, guy, welcome, Paisley. Sorry, it's because we, <laughs> we we're talking and then we stop. And yeah, I'm not being rude. Uh, so the you're good, you're good. The Weimar Republic was the German state from 1918 to 1933. So it began with the fall and abdication of the king Kaiser Wilhelm. So Germany ceased to be a monarchy, and the, the defeat of Germany in the First World War, which was actually presided over the Weimar politicians. For a good film on that, which me and Paisley talked about, go and watch. All quite on the Western Front, spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Weimar Republic was a very turbulent time in Germany, very turbulent. You had it was bit communism on one side, the socialists on the other, and you had all these fry cars, which were people left over from the military who'd been disbanded, hyperinflation, you know, shortage of food, civil unrest. It was very, but that'll play into it. The reason I mention it, it plays into the film. It ended with the rise of the National Socialist German Workers' Party, or the Nazi Party for short, mm-hmm. uh, in 1933. So as we said before, the film, uh, well, as Paisley mentioned in her podcast, I hope you've jumped over from there, because if not, this is going to be confusing. Uh, it's the, <laughs> if not, film, go back and listen to it. <laughs> you're going to have to know I'm going to scoop my own episode that much. You have to go and listen to it. Learn some German words and find out why me mentioning underpants almost <laughs> killed Paisley. <laughs> it's nothing sordid either. Um, so it's a it's a German, it's an expressionist black and white film, science fiction. It's a silent film as well, but it does have an unbelievable soundtrack, which we'll get to. Mm. We'll get to discuss later on. And the whole story, basically, it's a love story, but also it's kind of reminded me of kind of uh, the Brothers Grimm, mm-hmm. in in terms of it's it's a story with a message. Mm-hmm. Like I complain about a lot of modern films, you know, people in capes and whatnot. People mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and then you watch a film like this, which is nearly a hundred years old, and you watch it and you get more out of it through some subtitles and title cards and these extraordinary performances and these little miniature sets. And I think this is what films should be. Not, I'm not saying it should all be like this, but I'm saying you know we. The closest thing I think film we've had to this in, you know, the last few years was maybe the the Grand Budapest Hotel with oh, uh, Riff yeah, Fights. Yeah. That was very similar. Well, not very similar, but stylistically, stylistically, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I was thinking in terms of story, it reminded me a lot of Snowpiercer. Well, I've not think I've seen that one. Mm. Okay, <laughs> we may have another episode then. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens all the time. Um, yeah, and the film basically looks at. The mediator between the head and the hands must be the heart. And it's there's a great opening scene. 
you've got this utopia above, the workers' city below, the shift change with this almost looks like a kind of massive church organ. Mm-hmm. And you can't hear it, but you can see the steam flying out of it and imagine this massive noise and how it kind of thunders through the city. Now, this is, or the Undercity, should I say, this is the kind of film where you watch it and you can almost imagine them talking and imagine how they sound and imagine how the city sounds. And it it is, and I've got to say this as well, because I think a lot of people are put off by films like this that are either black and white or silent films puts a lot or of people both. as well. Or both, yeah. <laughs> in this case. <laughs> or German. So, you know, if it's not in your language. So, <laughs> so It's a black and white German silent film. Yeah, so <laughs> Who lot, wouldn't yeah. want to watch it? <laughs> exactly. And it's two and a half, it's two and a half hours long. Yeah. You know, give and that's, me, give and me, that's give a short me, version. <laughs> give me it now. That's not even um, the Snyder cut. <laughs> oh, God. See? <laughs> Uh, yes, <laughs> so but it's amazingly how quickly you acclimatize to a film like this. Mm. And I don't know if you found that yourself, Pizzy. It's the first time I'd watched this, although I did recognize the robot, so its influences have pervaded mm. uh, science fiction, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. You... Yes, sir. Yeah, it even looks a little like uh, even looks a little like C3PO may have been inspired by that to some extent. It's not dissimilar. Oh, well, apparently, I mean, I've seen it in trivia, whether or not it's true, I don't know, but mm. y- y- it's definitely, definitely looks like they've took some inspiration from it. I mean, mm. how different can robots be really? But yeah, <laughs> and I was, I, th- I thought it was, I mean, the fact that the actress fainted because she couldn't get enough like oxygen in and how oh, uncomfortable man. it was. I mean, this director, Fritz Langer, he sounds like Kubrick, like Stanley right, Kubrick when right. he's shining, like, no, I want more. Like the bit towards the end where the kids are like, it, they're all flooding. The kids are like, it looked like they're in pain and screaming. Well, oh my he God. made them do it that many times that there were, and he made the water, he kept the water cold. Like the, there were, there were, there was no acting at all. They, they were just genuinely miserable. Yeah. When you read, when you read about, so you, I mean, you could make an episode just on how the film was made alone. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, we meet Freda, son of, uh, how do you pronounce it? Yo. Yo. Yo, yeah. Frederson. Uh, mm-hmm. And he sees this Freda, like you see, he's living the life of leisure, life of Riley, rich son, you know, the creator, rich son's kid, essentially skipping through the Garden of Eden, you know, it's this pleasure garden, you can figure out what's happening there. Mm-hmm. And, but but it's the 20s, so you don't see anything. And he sees this lady who appears from this like massive lift elevator to the Americans. And it's, what do the Germans call them? What do they call lifts? Oh my uh, god! Lift. Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry, I just, I just, ah! I just. We'll, we'll come uh, back to it. It's fine. Good God! Why? Why do I not know this word? <laughs> I should, not... I'm failing as a fine, as fine. an expert in the German language here. You can't. You, hey, you're doing enough. <laughs> you are doing enough. Don't beat yourself up just because you can't think of the word. Um, so he he sees this lady. She comes up with all the workers' kids. Uh, uh, who are kind of bedraggled. Alfsuk. Sorry, Alfsuk. Hey, no, no, it's not fine. Uh, um, <laughs> yes, and, and they have actually, um, if you notice the Alfsuk in the, um, sorry to interrupt, but just real quick, no, the Alfsuk in the uh, film where that's, I believe, how they actually used to make elevators back then where there was there were no doors and you just were in this sort of 
little cubby and you would see each floor as you went up and down and it doesn't stop. You just step off. Yeah, well, it's funny you mentioned because I noticed later on, is it in this film? I did. Oh, yes, there is. There's what they call a paternoster lift, which mm-hmm. you wear two lifts are together and it just rotates. Yeah. And you can yeah. step on and off. And I, I was lucky enough to see one when I went to Prague in the Czech yeah. Republic. I couldn't. It was like in the next building, and that, but I saw it through kind of this glass between the two buildings. And I saw how it worked. You can essentially stay on it and ride, and then you feel yourself come back up the other side. Um, so, yes, yeah, I mean... Oh, God, no. That just yeah, sounds worked, terrifying yeah. to me. Yeah, I worked with somebody who was frightened to lift, so I don't think, uh, I don't think I'd have uh, got her in that one. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> um, it's a great... It's a, The opening scene, I mean, you have these workers, and they all look very... They're just like they're all bent over and all kind of... They look decrepit. They're all like mm. shuffling away. Um, there's lot, there's lots of comparisons that you could make to a later period in Germany with this. But we'll, mm-hmm. we'll kind of touch upon it. I'm not going to delve too many people know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, when you watch it, he got so he decides right. I'm leaving this life. I'm going to go down and find this lady. And then there's an explosion in the machine hall, and he has this kind of. They, they, See, this is the part where I wasn't sure if it was some kind of hallucination or whether it was just his imagination of mm-hmm. these creatures. And I think that's where the God stuff comes into it, but I, I didn't really kind of get that. Um, I think uh, Malik is supposed to be an old deity that um, they used to sacrifice people to. Ah, uh, okay. Babylonian. Yeah, it, so yeah I, I got perhaps. that later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. It was... It was you get that later on that th- this society was founded with this mediator, th- with this figurehead, this very prophet-like person who, well, prophet pretty much, um, although it doesn't point out to you, the person who comes and says, this is how the society is going to be. And whatever happens in however many years, it, it, it doesn't go that way. And you end up with these two cities that are you know very much on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, the poor below, the the rich above. What I mean, we the, the the thing with this is is as well is very very similar to when you watch the vamp uh, the first Dracula film and the the why is the what's it called? Oh my god, the German one, Nosferatu. Nosferatu. Thank you. When you know when something just goes out your head, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you you very much like that film. When you watch this, you think I've seen this story a million times before. Mm-hmm. It's a yes, you have because this was one of the first ones to do it. It's like how, why Nosferatu looks full of cliches. Dracula's shadow up the stairs. He comes out of his coffin. Yeah, but this this is the film that made it up, mm-hmm. or at least you know put it down on the film. Um, the the music as well just creates this sense of wonder. But alongside the sets, it created a feeling of urgency. Uh, mm-hmm. The original score is by uh, Gottfried Huberts. I've probably masked that name. Um, so then he. What's his name? So Freda goes down and <laughs> he finds, do you find his dad down there? And um, his, his dad. dad follows later. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not his dad. He fa- um, the, finds there's Maria. A dis- yeah. There's a discussion where he speaks to the people who kind of built the city. And there's a great bit where he's saying, you know, where we, we I'm not, no, it, it, sorry. It's, it's the bit where, but I think it's is it before he goes down. I might have mixed up characters slightly, but it's it's where they have that discussion about what happens to people that his dad kind of dismisses 
they mm. end up down in the depths and it all feels very apocalyptic, very dystopian. Mm-hmm. Um, the, a, a worker collapses on this big clock and someone needs to save the machine and, and he says, oh, me, you know, Freda says me, I'll stay here. We meet Rot Vang, the, I'm saying Vang, it's Wang, but I presume it's Vang because it's German. <laughs> Rod Vang. Rod Vang, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's the inventor. Uh, and he had been in love with a woman named Hel, with a woman named Hell, who left him to my Frederson and then later died in childbirth to Freda. Mm-hmm. And there's a great scene between Frederson and Rotvang, where Rotvang has never really let this go. He's mm-hmm. he's distraught and he's he's driven to the well, since the edge of madness, driven into madness, at least completely totally later on by by the loss I of think this woman. He's way out the other side of madness. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's looking at madness in the rearview mirror. Exactly. Um, and um, <laughs> he, uh, he, there's a great bit where he's essentially saying, and this is all in subtitles again. He's saying to Freddison, "I can't forget." And the, one of the best lines in it, I mean, these are all written down as well, uh, was a brain like yours, wrote Vang, should be able to forget. I was like, that is a hell of a line. <laughs> um, and then he, he replies, only once in my life did I forget anything. That hell was a woman and you a man. I was like, I just, what ha- what the hell happened to writing in films? What the hell happened? <laughs> like, if like, yeah. And he, he says, you know, for you, as for me, she's dead. He lost a hand trying to uh, rope, rope van, lost a hand trying to recreate her. And then ha- being a lover of films, that then reminds you of Dr. Strange Love or how I learned to stop worrying and learn to love the bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're very evident, especially when we see the uh, machine mention, the machine person or machine man. Mm-hmm. And you kind of wo- you're wondering kind of where it's where it's going, because it does build very, I mean, it, 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 I mean, I did watch the two and a half hour long version in two parts. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, yeah, there's I a could... lot going on in this film. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Um, and then you're kind of figuring out what's happening, like what what are they, they? Oh, that's it. So they keep finding the the Frederson keeps finding these notes on the but these plans on the bodies of workers for months, and it turns out there for the catacombs beneath the city. We see Freda, who's like struggling at the clock, um, and I was thinking, God, no wonder they all stagger around like they're exhausted, <laughs> yeah. absolutely exhausted. He, <laughs> he finds the he finds the woman he saw, uh, Maria, uh, and then we get about the legend of the Tower of Babel, and then there's a brilliant part. I mean, there's a thousand extras we used in it. He wanted four thousand, but they were like, No, you're not getting four thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all like, they all have the head shaved, which, as I said earlier, it, it, it is very. It does remind you of kind of it looks mm. a lot like what you think of when you see footage of the Holocaust, but mm. it was made before. But I I do think, especially when it's talking about the head and the heart, uh, the mediator and everything like that, it was made at a time when I said before Germany was very, very turbulent. And I think it was made as well as being this expressionist and this very original science fiction and this breakthrough with miniatures and all that kind of thing, it it is it feels like a warning. Mm-hmm. And not not for not for expe- not specifically for what came because you, you no one can see the future, mm-hmm. but it felt like a warning of we need to, we're, we're kind of it could go both ways here like we need mm-hmm. to be careful what we become I think I don't and know I, do, I don't know if that's too simplistic. Um, 
No, I don't think so. Uh, a lot of the theme and a lot of what it got criticized for early on was having um, too much of a communist message. And I think it is sort of a, a warning that, you know, there, there has to be a balance between, you know, the workers who do the work and the people who sort of make the decisions that affect workers' lives, I would say, yeah. at, at, a, at a minimum. Yeah, absolutely. It, mm. It's funny looking back because it, it and just it having too much separation in the classes as well, which I think was probably pretty present and and felt strongly after after World War One, I, I would imagine. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And especially, well, actually, it, it's before then, isn't it? Before mm. the Wall Street crash in twenty nine. But this, it was strange because the twenties. Because of American fund, uh, American loans, Germany has this this roaring twenties. Mm-hmm. Comes after you know the influenza uh, pandemic. And there's and, a lot of that aesthetic in there too, roaring twenties, yeah. especially in oh. the pleasure bar- pleasure garden scenes. Yeah, and then that bit later on where she's belly dancing, I was watching it. Thinking, yes, was this, was this made in the twenties? Like this is pretty raunchy for something made back then. That is a wild dance, and that is yeah. a, that's a pretty wild dress too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't leave much of the imagination. Uh, it's no, like, I was watching it thinking, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's it's talking about how people speak the same language, but we can't understand each other. The t- the temple was destroyed. The, this deity, um, I thought that was a kind of a great sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was talking about how great is the world and its creator, and and again with the message of th- th- this media needs to be between the head and the heart and it must be the hands um and then this this whole idea that it does feel very now i think about it it's very kind of biblical or well mm-hmm. not just biblical a lot of stories but a lot of creationist stories but sorry were you going to say something sorry no no there is a, definitely a lot of biblical influence in the story although don't don't find that off-putting <laughs> it's it's not like oh, beating no. you over the it's it's not like a les miserables where it's beating you over the head with <laughs> no no it's just, no, it's, it's just no. more kind of there you know yeah it's a very enjoyable story like, i'm not religious mm-hmm. in the slightest but mm-hmm. it's very enjoyable film to watch it's only afterwards that you think about a lot of things and go, oh yeah this is very like that but i think those are the best kind of films where they don't mm. beat you over the head with it or stuff it down your throat they do there it are a lot a of layers to the different themes that run through yeah. the film as well i mean you can literally like read three or four things into different any scene of this yeah and i've certainly yeah. watched enough of you know enough analysis of the film on you know by critics to to see that yeah <laughs> and and it has been done Oh, I've I've no doubt. I mean, um, the uh, you know this media uh, um comes between the head, which I thought of like the creators and the hands of the workers. Mm-hmm. Um, just as the story kind of progresses, you get Frederson. He orders Rotvang to give Maria's likeness to the robot so it can discredit her, uh, like amongst the workers, because she's very much she is down there and she's uh. She's very suing for peace. Yeah, sort yeah. of very a very a bit of a profit figure. And then, you know, when she is when Rofeng sort of at first I thought she had died. <laughs> but then yeah. somehow he just transfers like 
makes a copy of her and superimposes it on this robot somehow. Let's not worry about how that actually works. Um, <laughs> and then she's just this awful person. Yeah, she's very striking looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's she's very, very beautiful looking. Her, her eyes are... I mean, the way that it's done, it is very expression. I mean, you look at Freda and he's very... He's gothic looking. Like he, mm-hmm. funny that me and Paisley go on over, listen to it. Have just done about a metal band because he could be in a metal band. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's wearing some kind of shade of eyeliner. Like I don't know if it was the makeup or what. But oh, it, uh, the father, yo. Uh, well, and and the son. Yeah, but especially the father. I'm like, is that eyeliner or is he just got that that face like that guy from Lost, where he just looks like he's wearing eyeliner? But yeah, his eyes are striking. No, no, the guy from Lost did actually wear eyeliner. Does he actually? I yes, thought that yeah, was yeah. just how he looked. Oh no, no, he does. Okay, the one the one from the others. Yeah, yeah. He, yes, yes. Yeah. I can't remember his name, but yeah, no, it's funny because no, I, I watched. It. Yeah, yeah, he <laughs> he watched it. Yeah, um, but Rotvan kidnaps her, uh, and the shot of his eyes behind that light was brilliant. Mm. Uh, like the lighting of that whole kidnap scene was was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's essentially like a spotlight, and he's following. Uh, oh, I thought it was great. Right. Um, yeah. There's some missing parts in in this. Not not a lot, to be fair. Um, it gives you a description of what happened. Uh, this a monk. She meets a monk, and it says the. Oh no, no, sorry. Somebody meets a monk, and the apocalypse is nigh, and references the Bible and Babylon, and mm-hmm. all that kind of thing. So Rotvan puts his plan in action. He's kind of got a double cross going on, uh, where he's kind of. They think he's working for the creator, but he's not. He's working against him. Mm-hmm. Um, the there's the whole seven deadly sins, uh, the great vision of these statues. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy that Freda replaced at the clock, number one one eight double one, is told mm-hmm. by Fredersen like return to your machine and forget you ever left it understood, which I thought was very chilling and. Mm. And again, numbers for for people's identities. Uh, again, the yeah. comparisons that you can make. Um, again, feeling very kind of proper, proper kind of say the word prophetic. prophetic yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have the thin man. This is the only bit that I kind of didn't get what was going on, because you had like Joseph Fat and he was helping Freda, and then there's the thin man, and I I didn't quite get what was. Going yeah, on. he was just like the muscle for yo somehow. Oh, oh no! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't—he doesn't seem to be in there for very long. No, and I didn't uh, like his face either. <laughs> Where well, he's got like a very uh, like child catcher from yeah. uh, um, <laughs> Chi Bang Bang with kind of pointed ears, very Nosferatu-esque actually. To be honest, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you Freda looks for Maria. Oh, that bit where Rotfang's like, time to give... See, you can't even hear people, but this is what I imagined. Like, mm-hmm. Time to give Robot Man your face. I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> um, and to be fair, the effects of the transformation of the robot in Maria are, are charming, old school, mm-hmm. but perfectly acceptable for something 100 years ago. Um, right, right. And I loved when it transformed into her and she gave that wink. I was, mm-hmm. like, Whoa. I was like, that is creepy as hell. Oh my God. And the way she just changes her whole demeanor between her robot version and her actual version, she's intensely talented. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was great. Uh, Freda sees Maria with his dad uh, and just, he, he just loses it. He ends up bedridden with 
hallucinations. This is all very, um, yeah. But even he's, in he's that, not your ideal hero. <laughs> no, no, he's he kind of falls yeah. flat a couple of times. Yeah, <laughs> like pull yourself together, man. But he wakes up in a bed anyway. So, um, but the style of the film again, like even the bedside ornaments, the lamps are like uh deco futuristic looking like the attention to detail is just absolutely immense and it's under it, it's easy to see how this film was so expensive even for the time mm-hmm. um and th- this was almost like he was almost like the james cameron of the day like he spent <laughs> that much money he nearly bankrupted the studio because the film kind of flopped as most great films tend to do uh funnily enough mm-hmm. and this is the part where Freda starts hallucinating. We see some belly dancing on the faces of the men watching her. It's just like, what's going on here? Um, the, the seven deadly sins come alive, uh, it, and it's interspersed with like all these shots of all the, the men's eyes and the shift change. I mean, the visuals are great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they sync the music to the side swinging, and I, I really enjoyed it. How about yourself? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, I'd seen it many, many years ago, and then at that time I had just watched a pretty standard black and white version. This time I just watched it on YouTube, and it was a very bad colorized version with no mm. subtitles. Uh, it did obviously have like the the end cards where they sort of explain things, but there were no subtitles involved. But I, this, you know that. The strength of the acting and it's very it feels very theatrical and operatic and i think i mean a lot of that's simply due to the fact that up until that point um you know most acting was done either in a theater or in an opera house so there's a lot of that influence not just in the set design but in the performances themselves uh, all the actors are extremely dramatic compared to what you'd see today and even in the absence of subtitles, I thought it was interesting that I didn't feel like I was missing anything. I didn't feel like confused or lost as to what was going on, just based on the, you know, the way the the actors were moving and the intensity of the motions they were, were portraying. Um, you get the whole story fully and you get all the emotion in there. Um, it really, you know, the expressionism is strong with this one, <laughs> if I dare say. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Um, well, I'd like to, I'd like to, after after that comment, I'd like to thank Paisley for all her collaborations so far. And I'd like to <laughs> announce this is the end of the... No, I'm joking. <laughs> You're fired. Come on, like, <laughs> well, I'll take on my severance. You... I'll take my severance package. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, sorry it's a really bad connection um yeah <laughs> i'll be buggering off to the pleasure garden with it well yeah mm-hmm. well, i've no doubt um, <laughs> I do, yeah hey <laughs> i was only i was i was gonna make a quick see that was my polite one i was gonna make a quick about i didn't see money changing hands but yeah uh yeah well we'll do yeah um <laughs> And, and um, then just the sets, they're gorgeous. And I mean, you know, yeah. by sets, I mean, a lot of it is just kind of animations and drawings, um, although there are some miniatures involved too, but it's just beautiful. Everything about the film is beautiful. If nothing else, you know, even if you don't like the story, um, which apparently some people didn't, I didn't have any objection to the story. Um, it's just beautiful to look at. Oh, yeah, it really isn't. Um, so 
the, the story kind of continues and Ferguson wants the workers to rise up so they can essentially come down on them harder. Um, and the kind of fake Maria, she incites the workers to rise up and destroy the machine, This the heart machine. So like I said, sometimes it's not particularly subtle, but mm, it no. doesn't, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but it, I never felt, it never bothered me as such. It's only kind of reading it back. You're like, oh, this sounds a bit unsubtle, but no, not not really. Um, this but if you think about yeah. a lot of films that sort of seem to be inspired by that same sort of dynamic, I'm thinking of like Akira Kurosawa's High and Low, um, thinking of some aspects of the movie Parasite uh, sort of reflect that, you know, upper yeah. city where it's wealthy, lower city where it's yeah. poor yeah what was and that then one like that... snow piercer where like you know the the poor classes live at the back yeah. of the train and yeah you know, yeah did you ever see the matt damon i still haven't seen it but i know it's i know kind of a bit of the plot was it elysium where the rich live in space mm, yes, and the, yes yeah it was very yeah i have to watch that at some point yeah um it reminded me a lot of some of the gundam films but yeah, it's, it's kind okay. of the same high and low concept. And yeah, it's an, an age old story. I don't know if uh, Kurosawa, because that would probably be one of the other earliest um, versions of this sort of narrative. Um, I don't know if he was inspired at all by this, but it wouldn't surprise me. Mm. I mean, they say there's only, what, seven original stories in the world or something like mm, that. Right. Um, <laughs> and the the city because of the breakdown of this machine is great because they're all like they're all dancing around they're all kind of doing this ring a ring of roses <laughs> it's, it looks brilliant um they destroy the the machine and it floods it starts to flood the undersea mm-hmm. and the real Maria who escapes uh Rot Fang Rot Fang not Vang not Rot Fang Fang <laughs> anyway Rot uh, <laughs> Vang Van Red Wing. Yeah. Is that what okay, it makes sense. Um, no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 That's what that was my silly self-thinking there. You know, you yeah. never know. It's it's a valid as point as anybody else's. <laughs> it's the thing I love about films, you can come up with the most crazy idea you want, and it's your it's yours. So <laughs> um yeah, so the, the workers think that their children have drowned and they rise up against the person they think is Maria but is the robot. Burner at the stake, and it becomes the robot. And then Freda understands what's gone on. And Freda, oh, oh, there's the bit where, and then uh, Rot Vang, <laughs> he, um, <laughs> I was trying so hard not to say Fang, he goes kind of, he loses what tiny little string was holding him on to anything, basically, mm. sanity, and chases after her. And, you fall off the tower and die. Or I'm, I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. I'm an elf, but, yeah. Um, if it's very kind of very bells, Disney, bells, Disney, yeah, 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 yeah. It felt very like you know, the bells, the bells. It felt very <laughs> Hunchback of Notre Dame because I mean it is on top of like a, a cathedral as well. So maybe that was mm-hmm. why I was. Um, <laughs> and the you know Maria turns up. And she saved the kids with and with Josepha and Freda, who they, they seem to be climbing up those ladders forever. I love that. I love the mm-hmm. look of that. Uh, I just I thought that was great, and he he's like says, "Are oh, you Maria? You are Maria. You are. Mm-hmm. He is the Messiah." And uh, <laughs> it, uh, he kisses her at last, but because it's a bit earlier, he's like, "You aren't Maria. You aren't Maria." Uh, 
how do you solve a problem? No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not luring myself to that. Oh. I did it. I was trying so hard not to do that. Um, <laughs> but again, like the flooding scenes are really impressive, but it's it's easy to see how the film costs so much. And is that kind of how it ends with them? How does it end? I, I, my brain's gone. Mm. Yeah, well, um, they're all like they're all saved. Yeah, and, oh no, no, sorry. Yeah, it ends with sorry. Uh, it ends with. Oh, would you like to describe the ending between the three of them? Because no, likes it. No, no, you wouldn't. Because like I'm it. drawing a blank too. Oh, okay. So it ends with um. Josephat. I think I just watched it. Yeah, Joseph, <laughs> who's like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's okay, hand, he's yes, the hands. Yes. The workers. Ferdison is the 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 the, the head, the mind, the brains. It, it's and... Grot. 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 Sorry, Grot. Yeah, and he's Grot, the sorry. sort of. The head, uh, I guess, the unofficial head of the of the workers is Grot, and he, um, he then Maria's kind of like, oh, says to Freddie, you're you're the mediator, and he kind of holds the hands together, and that mm-hmm. that's kind of they've combined together, and oh, it's going to be such a wonderful future, kind of. It doesn't really go into that because it, wh- right. why would it? It's just kind of what you project onto it. Yeah. Um, so they shake but, hands and all as well. Yeah. <laughs> Alice good. There you go. Um so, so just a little bit of because I want to bring the mood down even more. Just to go through some of um the actors and actresses after the film. So you've got Heinrich uh George uh probably not, who played Groat. Uh mm. he continued to act. Uh and he acted in a few films for the Nazis. But, um, he died in a camp for Nazi collaborators in 1946. I think that was some. I think it was a Soviet Union, but I haven't confirmed that one. Mm. Uh, that's about the worst one we get, to be honest. Wow. Uh, uh, Poor guy. Uh, Bridge is it Bridget Helm? I know you pronounce Brigitte. Brigitte, sorry. Uh, she uh, she moved to Switzerland in 1935 because she was dismayed at Goebbels' takeover of the film industry. And if you, it was Joseph Goebbels who was the Nazi minister for propaganda. Now, mm. if anybody, if, when you start to look into him, he was nicknamed, and this is verbatim, he was nicknamed the Poison Dwarf um, <laughs> by some of Hitler's other kind of inner circle. Uh, but he was renowned for, um, he was very, well, it depends what, which way you want to look at it. Some say he was very successful with women. Others said he used his influence to kind of have affairs with, uh, a lot of German film actresses, like for somebody that looked like he did, he he, he seemed to have affairs with some very beautiful actresses. But mm-hmm. read into that what you will. It's not very well documented. And, anyway, um, and anybody who kind of fell out of favor with him suddenly wasn't in a film that kind of thing. So, right. um, anyway, uh, I didn't mean to go that far into it, but yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, she moved to Switzerland. Um, Alfred uh, Abel. Who played Ferdinand? He actually died of a long-standing illness in 1937. I couldn't. I'm not sure what that was. Mm-hmm. Um, Gustav Froelich, who played, who did he play? Oh, um, what's his face? Uh, the his friend, the one who was with him. Uh, what's it? Joseph Fat. Joseph Fat. Yeah. Uh, he remained one of the foremost stars in the Third Reich, uh, which was the period of Nazi Germany. Um. But he rarely featured in Nazi propaganda films, which allowed him to continue his career after the war, after the Second World mm. War ended. Um, Freda, who played, um, uh, sorry, no, not Freda. What am I talking about? <laughs> Gustav Froelich, sorry, who played mm. Freda. Um, oh, sorry, 
yeah, I've already said that, haven't I? Um, yeah, yeah. He uh, so he played, he was rumored to have slapped Josef Goebbels in a fit of rage. Um, apparently, <laughs> he's rumored to have slapped him. Good guy. And yeah, and he um, again, yeah, he he kind of he stayed in Germany, but but kind of stayed out of the way as much as he could, really. As, as far as as far as I can figure out, I might I might be wrong. I mean, you know what it's like with. If he it's lived great after part of that, history. I think that's great. <laughs> well, well, I hope I think, he lived after that. Well, yeah, he, guy, he, he, I didn't write down when he died, but he didn't die during the war. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, there, there you go. There, I've got that. I put that bit in, and then I've got the ending afterwards. So the robot burns. <laughs> Gro goes insane. The heads and the hands. Freda becomes the mediator between Gro, the hands, and Freda's in the head. The heart, the end. That's, that's essentially how it ends. Yeah. Um, they all shake like, hands and make up, basically. Yeah. <laughs> In the end. Um, I mean, I hope, I hope anyone listening to this, like, if it's, I don't think this is one of those reviews that you can listen to if you haven't seen the film, because it'll probably come across incoherent. It might come across mm. incoherent anyway. I mean, my point, and my part, anyway. <laughs> um, but it is very, it's a very, uh, yeah. I mean, Paisley helped me on this one. It's a very interesting film to talk about it's not yes it's frenetic and a lot is going on too there's a lot of motion things changing scenes changing they seem to go between metropolis and the underworld quite a bit they're always sort of bouncing around almost to the point of confusion <laughs> oh well i've got to be honest i well uh, i watched it in two halves because i watched the two and a half hour version i watched an hour and a half and then re-watched uh, the hour earlier on so I watched it across two days and I was having to look at kind of plots at certain points to figure out right, what, which bit am I at now? And okay. So mm-hmm. what, because it, it does feel like, especially with the thin man, I don't get what was going on with him. Yeah. I don't know whether there was a bit cut or I, I'm not sure kind of what was going on. I, he kind of, the only part that it felt kind of underused, I wasn't, it didn't mm-hmm. feel like he needed to be there. And then the way that kind of Ferdison flips between being in the like world up above and then all of a sudden he's down below oh no he's back up and, he's, and i'm thinking do you have an office down there or <laughs> i don't really and then, he, then he, he's in the back of a taxi or a cat or whatever it is and it's like i don't really get what's going on so yeah it was int- i liked it I, I did genuinely enjoy it and it mm-hmm. there's some great lines in there given that there's barely any because you know it's written down <laughs> right the right. strength of the writing uh, as as well and the story and the character. I mean, say what you want about the characters, even the thin, the thin, the thin man. But the the characters are, are very very strong. They're all very memorable. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's there's no there's no, you know, there's no like people. There's no like fodder. There's nobody there just to make up the numbers, mm-hmm. uh, like you see in some films nowadays. There's people that are just oh we'll just put somebody in. Or we've they've got no personality, but just stand there and look pretty. Um, it's interesting the workers almost move as one man too it's almost as if it's a character the entirety of the working class because they're all they're very faceless they're all you know dressed the same other than grot you never really get to know any of their names i mean there's grot and then there's 118811 um but i think it's really interesting the way they it's almost like the ballet part of the opera where they all move in unison in almost every scene that they're in yeah that no it's, it's a good point and it reminds me a little bit of um was it mouse china where they mentioned about how the workers look like ants 
hmm. working in unison. I can't mm-hmm. remember the exact quote, and I can't remember who said it either. It, I definitely haven't made it up. Um, but <laughs> I, it was somebody who went to, I don't know if they worked in China or the press or whatever, but they, they saw the workers building and they, they said it was very much like a call me of ants and they, mm-hmm. it wasn't said. I don't, I don't think it was said in a, a, an insulting way. It was just said in terms of that's kind of what it looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, then again, I mean, if, if, it's kind of like, you know, like the beginning of um, world war Z, which is an old bit strange comparison, but th- they've got at the beginning of that, they've got humans. Like I think it's New York and they're all r- walking around really quickly and it shows ants and it's, you know, maybe that's kind of what we look like to to end mm-hmm. be looking down uh, from a balloon. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or from their uh, office building. Yes, there you can see. Yeah, we don't have that many big buildings. See, <laughs> their skyscraper. Yeah, yeah. So so literal in American. I love it. Um, <laughs> so actually, the German word for skyscraper is also skyscraper, Vulcan, or it's cloud scraper, Vulcan Kratzer. Ah, what? So uh, Vulcan means cloud. Yeah, Vulcan is cloud, Kratzer is to scratch. So Vulcan Kratzer. Ah. Uh, German's very literal too, if we haven't noticed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, me- I meant to say earlier, so if anybody goes back and listens to Paisley's, um, the episode we've done there um, on the Metropolis song by the band is, I don't want to mask the pronunciation. Kairan. There you go. Um, it's not the most cheerful song. It's quite, I mean, I meant to say <laughs> it's that. It's very grim. It's very, it, it, yeah. it, but if it captures the feeling of the movie, I think. Yeah. It, I kept kind of thinking, kind of trying to find one character for some reason being portrayed in the song but yeah i think it just sort of more gives an impression of the film itself and of the reality more than like following any one character yeah yeah i don't know why i needed it to do that but Yeah, maybe that maybe they couldn't for copyright reasons, or I don't I don't know. Maybe who knows? Was... And I haven't listened to the whole album, and I think the whole album is actually well. I know the whole album is entitled Metropolis, and it's inspired uh, by the film. So perhaps they get, you know, drill down a little more specifically in some of the other songs. Yeah, I hope so. But it was it was a nice inspiration um, to to choose a very mm. influential film, and you. I, I, be honest, you you seem to know a lot more about about that period in film than I do. I tend to know the history of the what was going on in certain countries mm-hmm. at that time rather than the, the films that were being made. But it's definitely an interesting look at it. I mean, if anybody wants to look, I won't delve into it because it's there's not a lot about it. And if I discussed it in that way, it might come across a little bit. No, it would come across as awful. But the 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 Nazis, like apparently, it was one of Adolf Hitler's favorite films, Metropolis, mm. because they saw it as some kind of social blueprint that they would follow. Hmm. That's about all I'll say. So right. there is, you know, there's a dis- there's a discussion that could be had there. I don't want to have it because as much as I like my history, some things are just unpleasant, mm. and there's there's a time and a place, right. and right. Uh, who could you no. Know, um, Oh, how, how serious did I get there? So, uh, <laughs> um, so no, thank you for uh, very much for coming on, Paisley. Did you have any more uh, thoughts about the film? Because I'm aware that I've garbled on. Mm, not, no, no. 
I think we I think we've covered most of it. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Well, you know, if, if anything else, I delve too deeply into the films rather than mm. not too much. But if anybody hasn't seen the film, I go, mean, go we could do five out. hours on all the themes in there. It's, oh. You know, there's if anybody wants to just take a dive into YouTube, yeah. just, you know, reactions and analysis, they it's yeah. there's more than enough there. We could do an hour on eyeliner. I re- well, right. I or even just enough. the Pentagon imagery in there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure there was some kind of Star of David thing going on as well, unless unless that was just my prediction of it. But I think it was just more pentagram. Oh, was it? Because you know, especially like in the chamber where he creates or he um, does the Frankenstein bit, where he Frankenstein's Maria into the machine and Minch uh, body. There's a giant upside down pentagram there, but then later. I don't remember which film, which part of the film exactly, but there's like a, a right side up pentagram. Just right. like a traditional, not, you know, not satanic or whatever upside down pentagram as well. And it does almost look, you know, I mean, I guess it's a star, you know, <laughs> Yeah, it's a star <laughs> with lines. They, they resemble each other to some extent. But then you look at stars, and if you bring that back into the all the biblical references and mm-hmm. all that, I mean, you could do religious iconography. Oh, you could go, you could go for hours on this stuff. Mm-hmm. And as much as uh, I don't want to, I don't think anyone wants to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, I, I I'm joking. But no, thanks, Paisley, for coming on. Um, would you like to tell everybody, um, what your podcast? Oh, I've probably explained it a few times. What your podcast <laughs> all about? Where they can find you? Uh, yeah. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Uh, my podcast is Learn German Through Music. And if you want to hear the beginning of this discussion and uh, hear the song that inspired uh, both of these episodes, then hop on over to Spotify. Look for Learn German Through Music. Metropolis should be uh, the current episode out if you're hearing this as it comes out. And I basically teach the lyrics to songs to help people increase their German vocabulary. I guess that sums it up pretty well. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> and I always yeah. try to have some sort of cultural component in there. So uh, this this lesson song, uh, song inspired by the movie Metropolis. And so I discuss the the movie itself as part of the lesson as well. Yeah, it was a great idea, Pacey's. I can take no credit whatsoever <laughs> for this. No, no, no. You can take plenty of credit because you fleshed it out wonderfully. Well, I, I, I enjoyed it. It was mm-hmm. nice to like watch a film with so many themes. And then it comes from Germany. And I know a lot about the history of certain parts of the German. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was nice to like kind of tie it all in. And just really. to see that science, that pioneering sci-fi film. Again, yeah. it's like the you know great great grandfather of every sci-fi film you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, and then it, some. Yeah, absolutely. And it's I was surprised that it had been this long. I had not seen it, uh, but I think people, mm-hmm. you you know, you guilty people are guilty of that a lot of the time with films. You know, it's like oh, it was made more than twenty years ago. I'm, oh, I don't care. When's the next? But when's the next Marvel film out? <laughs> like, well, no, like please go back and look at some of the older stuff because. To be honest, it's far better, if I'm honest, a lot mm. of the time. Um, 
but oh god, yeah, that you know, I just love stepping on those minefields, don't I? But uh, <laughs> no, it's it's um, it is uh, a genuinely like wonderful, wonderful film. I mean, it's 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 very distinct, I'll give it that. It's mm. Marmite, you'll either love it or you'll hate it. <laughs> um, I think most people enjoy it, yeah, absolutely. And if if nothing, even if you're not a fan of the story, like Paisley said earlier, there's a lot in there for you in terms of just appreciating the way it was made mm-hmm. the cinematography yeah. you know just the the effects that they achieve at that time that that alone is impressive yeah so go give it a, go give it a go give it a look uh try and find out whether you can watch it online legally in your country i'm, I'm not entirely sure um we're but... free and clear in the u.s it's public domain there you go the u.s there you go <laughs> the rest of you um, do your research <laughs> yeah so thank you very much to, to Paisley for coming on and thank you to you if you've been listening. You're listening to oh, review it yourself. Uh, why did I say again? And <laughs> you, know, you can <laughs> you can find us on Twitter, it's at yourself review. We're also on Instagram, review yourself podcast twenty twenty one. We've got a Patreon. We should be on all the kind of all the places you get your podcasts. If you can I don't usually do this, but if you can rate review leave a comment reach out let me know what you thought of this um i really enjoy just chatting and doing these but it is nice to get a little bit of feedback if you are going to leave me a one-star review please leave a comment and tell me why because don't get me wrong i'm (laughs) I'm thrilled to have two of them which i mean once you got a one-star review you've made it i've got two now so i'm riding high on euphoria but yeah just why is it my accent are my teeth not white off you know just just let me know um (laughs) But they're no, just giving you. they're just giving Bill some material. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've told Bill him does to do bad that. reviews of review it yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've I've told him he should. But uh no. Thank you to everyone for listening and thank you very much, Paisley. Thank you. Thank you for having Cheers. me. No, absolute pleasure. Cheers for listening, everyone.